LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Welcome to another episode of EST. This is the podcast for the Established Church by Established Church Leaders. My name is Josh King, broadcasting, recording from Central Arkansas. And as always, I am joined by my good friends, Micah and Sam. How are you guys doing? Much better than last week. Yeah, because you don't sound horrible. You don't sound like you're all messed up. Oh, man, I was so sick. I've been sick for a week. I still have it a little bit, but... Mm. It's all good. You got the boogies. So for those, for those of our listeners that, you know, kind of listen to two or three episodes at a time, um, a lot has changed with my health um, between the previous episode and this episode. Yeah, he took his gummy vitamins. <laughs> I, did, I, I did. I ate my his veggies. His Flintstone vitamins. I ate my veggies. I took my vitamins. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but I take a probiotic and a vitamin every day, and I will not, like my wife has to buy the gummy ones because that's that's all i eat i'm, I'm not gonna eat the so other. i've heard of these probiotic things my wife who yes. does Real. the health stuff 100 tells me i don't know what what is that i have no idea what they do but they make it's my tummy bacteria happy. it's yeah. good bacteria being pushed into your system it's good for you man um i have all sorts of stomach issues but i take those clears it all up micah how are you i'm here this week yeah which is we good. missed so you you got all your I was yeah I was schooling I was getting educated. That's right. So, you know, here, here's the good news. So I, I just came from a week of PhD seminars. I have to go the first week of June, and that will be my last week to ever sit in a classroom as a student. Wow. Ever. Like in, in an academic environment. You know, that's sure. my last seminar. My last on-campus seminar is this coming June, and then I'm done. And then I've got a little bit of work to do, take comps in the fall, and then I'll write my dissertation and hopefully graduate a year from December. So That's amazing. The end of next year, if all goes well. So the, the moral of the story is no matter how old you are, it's never too late. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a good thing you're in Arkansas because I would hurt you if it didn't hurt so much to get up out of this chair at my age. With our probiotics. <laughs> With your probiotics. Hey, I'm not the one taking it. That's you, old man. I know. Mm. I man, do love that, that we're starting it, the podcast sitting around talking about our ailments. So I know, and being old. Bro, I mean, it was just there. I had to take it. Had yeah, to take it. I don't blame you, man. But seriously, um, I mean, I'll tell you, I've learned. You know what the success to graduate with a PhD is? What? Being a really good plotter. I'm curious if Sam would agree with that. Just keep keep going? Yeah, I mean, just when people... Just never stop. One foot in front of the other. When people ask, you know, how do you get your PhD? I just say, well, I mean, I mean I'm not, I was never really the greatest student. I was okay in school. I struggled in elementary school, but... Um, so it's not even, I don't even have talent really. Um, but it's just 20 hours a week, every week, which people ask, how do you do it? Like it's yeah, 20 I, hours a week. I don't do week, 20 hours a round. week. I tend to do mine in burst. Uh, yeah, the way, I mean, like I, I plot, but I do, yeah. I'll take a big week and I'll just hammer away for one really big week and then I'll ignore it for a few weeks at a time. I'm not, I'm not but. PhD, a person. I'm not a PhD person. We all know that. I think everybody knows that I'm working on the leveling for my demon and he's going to be a demon you're going to be a demon i'm going to be a demon i'm a i'm going to i'm a master of religion and then i'm going to be a demon so the um 
I was talking to a friend, Adam Wyatt, down in Mississippi, and I'm wrapping up a class. I could take another class, and I I, I canceled the class. I wasn't going to take it this next term, and I hear him in my mind saying, just keep going. If you stop, you won't keep going. So I re-signed up for that class. I'm going to keep going. But Well done, Josh. Yeah. By the way, so I don't know that anybody's PhD. I'm not PhD material. If you could see my GPA from college, and mm-hmm. you know, my college GPA was abysmal. My master's GPA was a little bit better. My actually, mm-hmm. the best GPA I've ever had is in the PhD program. I'm mm. not a great student. I'm not a really good student. I'm definitely not. I really, I think it's more than anything. Just don't stop. Yeah. Just one foot in front of the other. Don't stop. Yeah. This is not a podcast to listen to you sing. Oh, uh, yeah. You know we are recording, Josh. That's We're right. still this recording. This is live, Josh. This That's is not going to go away. This, we is charge. Pre- this is premium content, y'all. I, so, I, so I've been listening to N.T. Wright's podcast, which is a fantastic sing? podcast. And on occasion, at the end, he will sing. He'll pull out his guitar and sing. And he sings a little bit better than you, but it's not much better than you. <laughs> but it's still, in, in, it's still intriguing because it's N.T. Wright with his guitar singing. We're not going to do that. We're not nearly cool enough, and we don't have his accent to pull it off. But Yeah. Definitely. So speaking of N.T. Wright, let's talk about Christian celebrities. And that, I mean that really in the most respectful. Yeah. That was very, that very was a well really done. well done segue. I mean, Thank you very much. It's almost Thank as you. if you like, you know what you're, you're, you're like, you know what you're doing, man. <laughs> almost. Close. So let's talk about Christian celebrities. Obviously, N.T. Wright is a Christian celebrity. And, um, One of my and, favorites. You know, I guess before we talk about it, we can just say there is this reality that certain people will be leaders amongst us. And... They have a, a God-given ability. They have talent. They're using those for God's, you know, God's glory, and all that's great. And so we're not saying necessarily celebrity's bad. Celebrity, I guess what we're just using it is an, maybe an, a larger-than-normal um, amount of influence, right? And, and well-known. Influence, yeah. being well-known, um, there's a certain cachet. There's a certain, you know, they walk into the room, everyone turns their head, and... Oh, we know who that person is. Um, regardless of whether the person has asked for it or not, you know, some people really aim for it and others it just kind of comes to them. Um, yeah. I guess that makes a big difference, you know, as to what kind of celebrity you are. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone can deny that this is a phenomenon, particularly in the United States culture. Western I don't know that it's never not been a thing. I mean, Spurgeon was pretty popular. Paul was pretty popular. I mean, obviously Paul was an apostle, but... The, people have these these huge influences over the church as a whole, or over a large section of the the big C church, and I don't think that that's that's not a bad thing. I think where I wanted to ask you guys about is particularly thinking of people who become Christian celebrities. It seems that inadvertently we put uh, an exorbitant weight on everything they do. For instance. If a person is a Christian celebrity for their vocal ability, then they say something that's theologically wrong or, um, you know, pragmatically wrong in the church or something like that. They'll get roasted, and I don't know that they ever asked for that level. And they weren't, you know, that's not what they were famous for, so why are we giving that to them? And I think there's this crisis in a lot of people, or at least it looks like that on social media hysteria. So I think here's the— I think this is an interesting question, Josh. First of all, I think there are those culturally who kind of in Christian world who just sort of bemoan the Christian celebrity reality and, you know, this should not be. But the reality is there's always been well-known, prominent people in the Christian world and in the world in general, right? So there's Mm -hmm. there's people who are celebrities for bemoaning celebrities. 
That's exactly. Oh my gosh. There, uh, yeah. Hello, Twitter. Thank you for creating that genre. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there's so there's that. But um, which, by the way, I got off Twitter a few weeks ago. Decided to try like four or five weeks off, and it has been like balm to my soul. It has been really, really good. But anyway, we need to that, do a whole ep- episode on that. Yeah. To, in my mind, we have made this assumption that people who have prominence because they do something well, mm-hmm. then they're, you know. Everything they do is equally done as well. Does that make right. sense, right? So just because yeah. they do something well in one area doesn't mean that everything they do, they do well. Mm-hmm. And, and far too often we ascribe that. So you gave an example, Josh, of a, a well-known sort of Christian celebrity who's become big here recently. And you thought to yourself, be careful that that person's going to say something or do something that's going to disagree with a lot mm-hmm. of folks' theology. And sure enough, even what they, I don't think what they did, it was that risky or, or, or sort of out there, but they did something that really kind of set everybody off. Yeah. And then all of us, it's, it's, we're, we've arrived at this sort of all or nothing area where mm. either the celebrity, everything they do is right or nothing they do is right. Look, mm-hmm. I mean, we're broken people. It, it, people are going to do things and they're going to be well known for it. And let's be thankful for that. But let's not necessarily believe that just because they do one thing well, that everything they do, they do well. And that doesn't make them, you know, it doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them wrong. But somehow we've got to sort of dissect um, or, or somehow we've got to help teach our people nuance and mm-hmm. model it ourselves and recognize that people are broken and they're going to do good things and they're going to do bad things. And that's the yeah. norm because that's how you and I behave. Right. Sam, what do you think about this whole, the bigger Christian celebrities, the ones that are out there, tons of Twitter followers, that sort of thing? Well, one, I think there can be a lot of good to this. I, I understand the critique. I understand the... um you know, hey, where is the attention really going? Is it on Christ or is it on a on a person? I get all of that, but frankly, I I would look at this more positively and say there's a lot of people um, who are using their quote unquote platforms. I hate that term, but it's when you say it, people know what it means. You and me both. Uh, they're using it. Yeah, they're using it for the glory of God. They're they're right. they're doing some amazing things. Um, and God is blessing, and you know the the gospel is going forth. I mean, you think of all the technology, the podcast, the ability to get a message out. Um, you know, I would just have to think that Spurgeon and the Apostle Paul and all these others that we've talked about way back in the day uh, would have likely used a lot of the technology that that we're using to mm-hmm. to, to get something out. So, you know, we, we've always done, we've done that through books. You, you know, I I don't hear too many people bemoaning books but you know that was how it was done back in the day it's just a different era different way of getting the message out so um i would i would say one i think there can be a lot of good to this uh mm-hmm. if people use it properly uh it can go to people's heads and some terrible tragic things can happen through a christian celebrity no doubt two if you are a christian celebrity and you have been whether you have you know worked to get there or it was just given to you or something something just happened um you're going to get a lot of attention period and if you don't want the attention, don't be a Christian celebrity. Mm-hmm. Stop putting the message out. So yeah, um, I, I, I would I would just push back a little bit on the celebrities that kind of like, hey, I didn't ask for this. It's like, okay, well then stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> That's and right. Because you know, it doesn't matter what you do. If you, if you are a celebrity, you're going to get a lot of attention. Get over yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, think I we just need to... I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead, Josh. I think we need to, pastorally, I'm just talking about, like I'm trying to think through how I talk to our members that, that get upset about... Um, this Christian music star has said something that theologically was incorrect. Or, you know, sometimes I get a lot of pushback, even from my buddies, my my other pastoral buddies, for 
There's there's one preacher in particular I'm thinking of. I love the way that he communicates. He has such a strong communication. That is his gift set, and so I learn a lot from that. Theologically, he and I don't agree on some very big public things that he has said. And so people want me to kind of throw the whole thing out and never reference him as a great communicator. He can be literally a Satanist, and the guy is a good communicator. And that's really all I'm saying. And sometimes we did you just do that all or nothing. After a Satanist, did you just if if they're a great communicator, I'm going to take that and run. So on our Twitter feed, the SD Twitter feed, we're going to just going to take that direct quote. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to say. Nope, I'm doing the Twitter feed. I want to piggyback off something that Sam said that I thought was really helpful. Talking about those who sort of steward, and I'm with you, Sam. I hate conversations around platform and the pursuit of platform and all that. It just drives me crazy. It gets annoying. Um, it's one of the reasons why I stepped away from social media for a little while and while I'm contemplating what that looks like, right? Mm. Um, I want to be careful that it's just a tool for communication and not um, an opportunity for, for me or anyone else to try and, you know, grab for attention or anything like that. So, so there, there is the potential for problem there. But, but I think Sam makes a good point. Social media and other venues have afforded an opportunity to a lot of folks who wouldn't, you know, 20, 30 years ago would not have had an opportunity to have a voice and to have influence in ways that many people are stewarding extremely well. I mean, to be frank, I don't know that 30 years ago the three of us would be able to have a conversation as friends and have a few thousand people download it every week, right? Right. No, we wouldn't have. Right. So, so it, or, or it would have been extraordinarily expensive and very expensive. Um, you would be That's you right. would be paying for radio spots nationwide right. to mm-hmm. do it That's um right. and now yeah it's and i mean it's not quite free but it's it's pretty a whole lot cheaper mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty inexpensive and so so i i do think we want to be careful i i think you're right i mean we we use the phrase christian celebrity and it's almost by definition a derogatory phrase but let's right. remember what celebrity means it means some level of prominence and some level of influence, right? That's basically Mm -hmm. what it means, which neither of those are bad. They just can be stewarded in really poor ways. Mm -hmm. And we can expect things from folks who have both influence and exposure that they simply can't provide. And I think that's on us as much as it is them, right? We've got to be able to reset our expectations for what we're looking for from people who have voice and influence. Absolutely. I think it really is on us. So pastorally speaking, I think we can, you know, since we're EST podcast for the established church by establishment, how do we affect this in two ways? I don't think you even need to be at a large church. So let's say you're in a smaller community and your church is running 250. You might be the biggest to use. We're using celebrity language here. You might be the biggest show in town. And so a lot of people really respect you showing up to the uh, town hall meeting, you being at the game or whether or not you preach their wedding. Um, so there is a level of celebrity. How do we personally deal with those sort of things? What do you think? I think one of the things we do is vocally and regularly from the platform set expectations, right? So I, I try in my sermon to use self-deprecating humor or, or to, to use illustrations that are at my own um, expense. And I try and consistently, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I try to consistently sort of connect with those in the audience by acknowledging the things that I'm talking about are things that I struggle with, 
right? So I'm not just preaching at you. I'm preaching together with you. I'm struggling with this just, just as much as you are. I, I do feel like we sort of had created what I called the plastic pastor syndrome when I was growing mm-hmm. up. You know, mm-hmm. comb your hair a certain way, wear your clothes a certain way. You know, speak about God using three syllables. And, and if God. I were to, yeah, if I were to shake your hand in Walmart not knowing who you were, you could speak two sentences to me and I could think to myself, oh, this is a preacher. I know, just because of the weird way that they talk. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys all know exactly what I'm talking about. I do know that. Yeah. You know, and so I think there is a human, uh, and by the way, this is one of the really good benefits of social media is to humanize those who are, you know, in the pulpit, those who are in church leadership, and to help people understand, I grapple and struggle with the same things you do, but that's on us to, to set those expectations when it comes to the community of faith around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd also say that if you are a leader in your community, if you are um, affecting change for good in your community, um, if you're out there doing what you should be doing as a pastor— likely you are going to have a level of prominence. Now, it may not be to the, you know, to the degree of quote-unquote celebrity, but, you know, a lot of times the reason that people attain that sort of status in an individual community is simply because they're just doing good work and people notice them and they look to them and they come to them for things. So um, we also we also need to detach, you know, this this idea of... Not all celebrities are leaders, and not all leaders are celebrities. But a lot of times, those two, there's some overlap there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of communities do look to, you know, it's not nearly the way it was back in the day, but a lot of communities still do look to pastors to help, um, to help lead in the community. Mm-hmm. Leadership is hard. I mean, the, the reality is leadership is just difficult in the church. And our friends at Lifeway are trying to help us out. And so this March in Orange County, California, Lifeway Leadership is hosting a much-needed church leadership event that's all about leading change. And if you know you need to lead change, but you're not sure where to start, then this event is for you. Different than other leadership conferences, you'll spend most of your time in a group of less than 50 other leaders discovering how to implement change in your church. And to make sure that every church leader leaves with a personalized plan for change, they're capping the event at 300 people. So if you know you need to lead change, but you're not sure where to start, then make sure to register for Blueprint Coaching in Orange County, California on March 14th and 15th. Just go to lifeway.leadership.com forward slash events to learn more. And I love our folks, our friends at Lifeway. I love how well they help lead us through thinking through what leadership looks like. And Big who fan. wouldn't want to be in Orange County on March 14th? Who would not? That's, that's true. A good, that's a good time to be out there. So, yeah, you guys go check that out at lifeway.leadership.com slash events. Yeah. Let, me, let me add this to our discussion here. I think that try to bemoan the idea of being some sort of celebrity, and I've seen people talk about, like, I've talked to people or pastors who have, like, this this inordinate amount of influence, and they just say, oh, I hate that. People look at me. There's all this kind of stuff, and and uh, not what you're doing there, Micah, with your, your pulling back from Twitter, but I know other guys that just will not step into that, and my opinion has always been to step into it. If If God has given you... I don't know another word than platform. <laughs> if God has given you a platform, then step into it. And so one of the ways that I try to use what little bit of influence I do have is to champion other people, to just constantly direct it towards other ministries, other events. That's why I regularly share and um, promote the events, the worship services, the happenings of other churches in our community, of other great leaders, of other pastors, those sort of things, because if that's something um, that God has given us. And I think at some level, 
every pastor, every single pastor has a stage to stand on. And so when you're in those positions, champion the volunteers and champion, even if it's just in the influence of the church itself, champion the other people who don't have that spotlight and try to try to push the attention towards the other people. And kind of how you're saying there with Micah, with um, using illustrations and those sort of things that are that are showing your humanity, also show that you don't do this on your own. We're not standing up here. I kind of mess with some of my pastor friends who seem to walk around with personal photographers. They always have these great across-the-street shots of them sharing the gospel or you know something like that and, and just randomly somehow they got that shot and so amazing it's truly amazing so at least give the photo cred to whoever's following you around you know taking these photo shots and because we just need to champion the other people and i think that that will dispel some of that and just own the fact that we're human yeah and i think um i think you're absolutely right i think constantly trying to push attention toward other people is a really helpful pattern, Josh. But I think one of the things we also recognize is there can be, so this whole social media platform conversation can be soul sucking at some level if you're not careful. And so I think it's okay. Like, I think what I'm doing right now, trying to step back for a little while and I'm not, this isn't a fast, it's not, you know, it's just me trying to get a little bit of a reset, recognizing that there were things about it that were not good for my heart and my soul. Right. So, and I'll just be honest with you. So for me, I recognized I spent more time on it than I needed to and that it grabbed my attention and my heart like constantly was, Hey, what's somebody saying? Or what is, has somebody replied to me? And so I thought it was good for me to back away from that. I'll tell you another thing that was hard for me. If I can be really transparent is I would see people who are part of my church saying things politically or other things. And I would, I don't almost get upset and it would make it hard for me at times to just to be equally as loving toward them. And I thought, you know what, that's just no good. I don't want I don't want social media to keep me from finding it difficult to serve people equally and well at my church. And so, and maybe I'm the only person in the world with that sort of thing, but I just, for me, it was good. I'm not going to back away forever, but it was just good for me to back away for a little while and get a reset and rethink about how I use it. So I, I don't think it's bad to do that either, to try and maintain health. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you're right. Leadership is a gift from followers. And if you are a celebrity, I would say it is a gift as well. And it is something to be stewarded. It is something to be cared for. It is something to be careful with. Um, and, and, you know, I've seen, we all talk, we all notice the abuses that are out there. And, and quite frankly, they anger me when it comes to Christian celebrity and using a platform to further your own kingdom or to, you know, um, you know acquire a lot of wealth or whatever it is. Um, and I think we all know the well-known cases of abuses there. Mm. Um, but if, you know, if this were to happen to any of our listeners or, you know, because at any point, I guess anyone could, if you're putting a message out there at any point, it could click. I mean, if you're good at what you do, you know, it, it could go very viral. Well, it could. Yeah, there's there's examples of that. So mm-hmm. I would just say um, always take the posture of celebrity status, um, whatever's been given to you it is it is that it is a gift and it is to be stewarded um it is not there because um you conjured it out of nowhere um mm-hmm. these are people who are looking to you and that in and of itself is, is a gift um if more celebrities took that posture um i don't think this discussion would um be as necessary mm. And I do think it's funny how we're talking about celebrity and influence and we're really tying that to social media. There's just a huge um, element to the medium of social media that 
by default, it's building an audience. You well, and, follow and people, while, people follow and, you. And we're doing this while recording a podcast that we're hoping that lots of people will listen to. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that we will tweet about, about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I'm, I'm unapologetic about that. I, I feel like this is, when I produce stuff, 90% of what I produce, whether it be written form, spoken form, whatever, is free. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, that's I, right. I, I, I mean... Ten percent of what I produce, yeah, I, 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 there's some exchange of funds there, but ninety percent of what I produce is provided to the greater public for free. So I, I'm unapologetic about, hey, we've got this podcast. You want to listen? Great. If not, okay. Um, you know, but I hope that all of us, all three of us, do remain humble throughout this whole thing. I mean, we're certainly. I don't know that I would call us celebrities at all. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. know that you know we're no. at that level, but no, we do have a good group of listeners that care about this message. And, you know, if you're listening, I, I do. That's a gift. That's a gift you've given us. The fact that you would listen to this podcast is, is, right. is a gift to us. And, right. and we don't take that lightly. Um, so, yeah. And we also have a lot of fun doing it. So mm-hmm. you know. We love doing it. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I think that the conversation leads itself towards is in the heart of the fan. It's not really the, – the idea of Christian celebrity is not something that's going to go away. The, there are going to be people with influence, and, and that's a good thing. But in the heart of the fan, I think as pastors, we can help to influence us. So, for instance, I think we need to be careful. Sometimes pastors are very much fanboyish, and mm. they'll, they'll talk about, like, John Piper does no wrong or, um, you know, Timothy Keller. Um, those kind of people have these, this, this inordinate amount of influence. And so one of the things that I often say is, I try not to be that fanboyish about these things or say specifically on this topic, I really uh, appreciate what Piper pointed out here or Dever or whomever I'm, you know, kind of quoting there. You want to make sure that you're not conveying some sort of idea that to your church followers, this person is above reproach. And we all saw that in, we've seen it over and over and over in famous examples, um, for instance, with, uh, with just honestly, Mark Driscoll and what happened with him and and his uh, remove from influence. And uh, there was just a lot of fanboys with him. And I'm still, and I just don't know all the st- things that went on. And I'm still a massive fan of some of the things he wrote and some of the ways he caused us to think. And that's just when people say, well, how can you be a fan of him or her or whoever? Because I wasn't ever looking to them to be perfect. I was just appreciating what gifts they were providing for me and how they were challenging me. So, I, so I'm a big fan of an old statement from Baltazar Hubmeyer when he said, mm-hmm. "All truth is God's truth." Mm-hmm. And frankly, it doesn't matter to me where the truth comes from. If it's true, it's helpful to me. Yeah. And so, I'm glad to learn from anyone, whether I agree with them or disagree with them, in a profound number of other areas, uh, whether they're a believer or not. If it's true, it ultimately originates in God, and uh, really believe that. And so, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to learn from anyone and just be willing to throw out the other stuff. The problem is too many of us don't seem to have enough discernment to be able to learn from what's good and throw out the rest of it. It's either all in. They're either all good or they're all bad. Nobody's like yeah. that. There's literally mm-hmm. no one in the world that fits that category. Also so stop who, treating each other that way. Just treat yeah. each other like normal humans and stop yeah. like worshiping. Creating the in the image people. of God. Yeah. 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 What were you going to say, Sam? I was just going to, I mean, I don't want to worship anyone other than, sure. you know, my savior, but I was going to ask you guys, who your favorite celebrities are? Hmm. Who, In who, what besides, era? Who, uh, besides Tom Rainer? Well, of course, <laughs> you, you have the obvious one. Um, 
No, in the Christian celebrity world. You know, okay. who, 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 Just okay. the overall maybe, top maybe, guy. Maybe a guilty... The goat. Let me ask you this. Guilty pleasure and maybe, or maybe somebody who you think is a bit overrated or, or somebody who you just... Who is a celebrity? <laughs> overrated thing. We don't I'm not doing the overrated thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll That's tell you who I love. I t- I'll tell you rant who, style. I'll tell you who I love who I've already mentioned him multiple times in this podcast and I disagree with him at points and when I say his name, there will be somebody on the podcast who goes, oh, I can't believe you. I adore N.T. Wright. Hmm. I listen to his podcast. I read his books. He's one of the two or three most influential theologians who are alive today in my life. Profoundly hmm. influential for me. And, and I, I profoundly disagree with him at some points. Hmm. Yeah, I would, I would say in terms of influence on me other than my dad, um, I would, and this may surprise people, uh, but Tim Keller is oh, one man. that I really gravitate towards. And I know he's extraordinarily my popular. Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just find myself going back to him, and and you know, I would say that uh, somebody who's kind of my guilty pleasure uh, mm-hmm. that I'm surprised I find myself going back to their stuff because I don't agree with them on every point is John MacArthur. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but yeah, I know, I know that kind of surprises fair. me too. I'm but with I, you I do there. Find, I know it's a bit yeah. it's a bit scary, but I do find myself going back to his stuff as well, yeah, um, just because I, I do think that there's a lot of good that's there. So. Um, and, you know, I've got I've got a lot of others that aren't as, you know, a lot of other influences on my life, like Bryant, right? And, you know, Bryant's probably yeah. pretty popular in, in the Atlanta area, um, yeah. but not maybe on a national scale. So well, I've, I've got a lot of people that I look to. But I'd say I'll Tim t- Keller's probably the most influential as far as a Christian celebrity on me. Keller and Wright would be there for me. I'll tell you another one. And, and I, I mean, I worked for him for almost four years. But Ed Stetzer, outside of my, my dad, is, is one of the most significant in my life. I mean, mm. I love the guy. And... Um, he, he's very strong-willed, and I'm strong-willed, so there are times we get in a room where we want to punch each other, but um, he's been very influential in my life. You know, as much as I hate to promote anything Stetzer, I'll have to say his stuff is pretty good. It's he's, really good. He's phenomenal. Yeah. For me, it's going to—and I'm not just saying this, but anybody that knows me sees my library, it's it's Dr. Rayner. I mean, he's had yeah. such an influence on me, and long before I ever knew Sam, um, I, that he was just a massive influence on me. Um, Dever is also one of those, and— the one, I guess, the guilty pleasure, uh, which I just hate using that words for anybody, but the is Andy Stanley. I just think he thinks obviously outside of the box, um, and sometimes that box is helpful. But when you talk about profoundly disagree with somebody, it's there. But then at the same time, I think he thinks through things that are helpful and and beneficial. But, you know, that's going to be the one that I'm going to get hate mail over, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm about ready to type something up and send it to you. That's fine. I'll, I'll um, tell you this. I recommend when I recommend preaching, re, uh, rec, when I recommend preaching resources, change. communicating for a change is one of my top five preaching resources. So we've got to wrap this up, but I do want to give a special plug to Five Leadership Questions, also one of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network members. Great show hosted by Todd Atkins and Daniel M. They just kind of interview different leaders for different things. Some of their hosts uh, or some of their guests on the last couple of shows, Rob Galati, Chris Swain, also LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network folks, Mark Mark Clark, Richard Clark. Man, I love that guy. I love his podcast. So you're going to want to go did, check out. Did you know that, uh, so here's a little t- tidbit. Richard and I went to college together at a tiny little Bible college with graduating really? class of like 50 people. Yeah, Richard and mm-hmm. I went to college together. He's the one person right now that I would want to get coffee with. That's I, I just am fascinated by him. But you can check out more about five leadership questions at leadership.lifeway.com slash podcast. You can find our podcast and the other podcast there. That's all the time we have for today. Appreciate you listening. 
You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.